that I had mentioned, I took a note on during World, during the MLS Cup. So, I mean, you can call it the World Cup. World Cup. World Champions. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it plays. <laughs> okay, during halftime, Don Garber made his, his yeah. annual half halftime. Yeah, you want to get me fired? Yeah, I want to hear what you have to say about that. He and they ask him usually the same questions. You know? Yeah, and, and it's always Still. yeah. Like it's like right. Give us your clips notes of what you said yesterday. <laughs> to our thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that he said, which I thought was really interesting, was uh, he said, because they, someone asked him a question, Do, are these expansion deals like, a lot of money? Is that basically how the league, the essence of the question was, yeah. is that how the league is functioning? Like constantly expanding, constantly getting. In other words, they're asking him, are you running a pyramid scheme? Yeah. some way demonstrably untrue. Yes. Okay. I want to hear what you're... Do you have a take on that? Do you have an understanding of what he's... Well, I mean, he, he can say whatever he wants because we, we can't open the books. Okay. So, <clears throat> and even if we open the books, he can push the money somewhere else. Um, but I, the money's probably going to uh, the parent company, which is, you know, yeah, Saki United Marketing. So, but then it's being coming back to the league. So it's, right. um, he's from New York. He calls himself the soccer god. It, he's laundering the money. It's just like with yes. the allocation. So the money is going through a little filter and then it's it's going back in the league. And, and I, the league is propped up by Soccer United Marketing. Mm-hmm. And with no Soccer United Marketing, and, it, and <clears throat> I'm not saying it's evil. It's, it's doing business. Yeah. And so... It's the business model. It's the business model. But it, it is funny that he would talk about it that way but because all the other probably all the other commissioners Gary Bettman and Roger Goodell and whoever's running it silver at the NBA they would say yeah yeah uh, you know those fees go back to the teams in a roundabout way but um, yeah. he doesn't want to say it and which is I, weird yeah well I think it makes him uncomfortable and they, they recognized it when the, he had to shrink the league and then uh, when he first got in there that was his power move, right? Mm-hmm. And they and they were, they recognized, and I think the owners at the time, the three owners of the teams or whatever, they recognized that it wasn't a profitable enterprise, and so they had to do something else. And that's where Soccer United Marketing came from, and that's when they bought the rights to the US, the Mexican team, mm-hmm. and they realized that hey, there's a lot of money for soccer in this country. We could end up buying Concacaf eventually, which I think ultimately was there. Really? Yeah, just owning every soccer in Concacaf. Yeah, so. Which essentially, if you own the United States and Mexico, well, yeah. But sure. um, but I think no that money, no and now there's no traffic, <clears throat> so that the. Uh-huh. It's, but they recognize that the league, you're not selling out every game, or you're not seventy five percent every game, in reality. The ad, the, the advertising revenue is not there. Mm-hmm. 
like you you wash the animal's cup and there's three appetizers mm-hmm. yeah. and there's a there's a bunch of them that are just like Heineken sponsored soccer you know they're yes. not just it's not major I'm soccer you know uh, you look at the other major sports and they have two dozen and so they they know and so they have the rights fees and all this other stuff so it's prompt up so anyway long answer to your question is that you don't want to say it's laundering money because it's a legal enterprise but mm-hmm. I mean it's it does go it, it, it does eventually go back to the league to keep it running and he I think he admitted in that same interview they brought up Forbes yeah <laughs> and Forbes is uh, is is a marketing arm basically of Major League Soccer they're brand journalists okay brand journalism everybody mm-hmm. is something you need to know about is when you are when somebody's uh, writing about you in a beneficial way it's like um talked to David Bergen about this too and he mm-hmm. wanted to do it as a legit thing Yeah, where you pay him and he'll write a glowing thing about you that looks like journalism but it's and that's what Forbes is so they write glowingly anyway Garber said well you know they don't have the figures and nobody ever does right <laughs> but he said yeah I guess roughly about half are making money and he's probably about right but mm-hmm. the half that are he, he's saying are making money they're, um, uh, it's a lot of the owners picking up the tabs on some of the expensive players. Okay. So even if they're profitable, it's because they're not really counting in MLSSEs up in Toronto, like how much they're chipping in on out the door and, right. and Bradley, the designated player thing. Right. So that's why he was kind of squirrely with that question. It's, okay. it's probably legit when he says the league, the teams aren't making money, that none of them are. And I know, like, the NFL will say that. They'll say, well, our teams aren't making any money. Right. And they're lying. But with Major League Soccer, I think Garber's, like, he's right. Like, yeah, they're not making any money. That's, it, it was interesting. But he gives half-truths. I mean, he talks about yeah. transparency. Yes. And where's the trans... Okay, you just got, uh, maybe it's prorated or whatever, but you're getting $200 million from Minnesota over the next 10 years or 20 years or however long it is. And you're telling me that money doesn't go back to the other other owners? Does it go in it, your pocket? It has to be. Like, that, yeah. oh, no, you know where it's going? It's going to help develop their their youth programs. I think it... Oh, God. It, his, he's been using the $30 million figure for like five years. Yeah. I think he bumped it to 50 recently. It's just a... Yeah, it's, it's sort of just uh, it pulled out of nowhere. Yeah. And I... But I that's why the USA Mexico game is so big for them. Okay. And I think that's what pissed them off. Yeah, you're reading my mind. Is that Klinsman jacked it up. Yeah, you're reading my <laughs> mind. I, I think, so, you know, we wanted to talk about, like, who actually runs this. And, um, and I think, like, when they look at, like, the, the, the value of the sport, like, they, they cannot... There can be no um, deviation from the business model, from 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 moving forward along that line, because um, anything that that is is not along that line is really drawing attention to the fact that there is no transparency to it, yeah. and that it isn't what they say it is. Yeah. Um, I thought that question that was asked to him, where he responded that way, was really interesting. Because it, it basically said to him, it, w- it was a very straightforward question. Like, you know, 
<laughs> Are you a pyramid scheme? Yeah. <laughs> and and he really, well, you know, in my opinion, he, he just kind of, well, you know, like, I, I agree with what you said. It's like a half-truth. Yeah. Um, but, but then, when you look at, say, the U.S. soccer portion of it, one of the things that I keep hearing is that if the United States does not make the World Cup in 2018, then it will be a huge blow to yeah. be a their disaster. business. Yeah. And let's not talk about, like, um, you know, that's putting aside the fact that it's really good to have to see your national team playing in a World Cup. Let's put that aside. Mm. Let's just look at the business, like how it affects somebody like Anthony Precourt. Yeah. <laughs> or how it affects somebody like Joey Saputo, who's not even in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, let's look at that. Like that's the important thing. That seems to be the important thing. Um, and, and that's why they go back and they, they grab somebody from the past who they can think they can count on. Yeah, um, yeah like they forgot 2006. Yeah, let's, let's not look at the fact that, like, I remember the name of that I was trying to remember earlier, Timmy Chandler. Yeah. Let's not look at the fact that Timmy Chandler started a right back yeah. on, on their national team against Mexico yeah. in a game that, that you traditionally win um, and that you've been marketing the crap out of. And um, all of a sudden that's gone. It's yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's obliterated. It's yeah. uh, a lot of that history too is sort of weird now too. It's, right, which is. I, great. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if it's. Um, no, I. It's been a long time since um, when you see how the sausage is made. I guess I I'm not a big fan of that term, but. Mm. Um, of the way United States Soccer Federation operates and everything, it makes it harder and harder to root for. The United States, and so it is kind of refreshing for me because I know that the marketing arm—we won't say that they own the Mexican national team—but when you're paying them two million dollars to come into your country and play yeah. anybody, um, they're not really your foe anymore. They're—they're they're your employee, mm -hmm. and so seeing them, seeing the employee beating their oh, so employer, mm -hmm. it—you know—it's kind of like sticking it to your right. boss a little bit. And it, and it. Wow, I never, I hadn't thought about that like that. Yeah, and it, and it makes it, and it's, it stinks because it, I want, you know, I love the United States, and we're talking about how the event's more like an Olympic event now. It's like yeah. USA, and it's hard to even say it's that, I guess, because the fans, it's been marketed that way, but it'd be like the Olympics, and everybody was playing under the same flag, but they were from different states. It'd be like this state Olympics or something. I, did I tell you, you asked me when it, because I went to the game, yeah. the USA-Mexico game. Yeah, I was asking about the vibe. Yeah, what the vibe was like, it was, um, okay, so I, I've been to all of them. Um, this was by far the worst. And I don't mean that in terms of just like the way that the game was played. I thought that the game was actually kind of interesting. Um, the way that the two teams lined up against each other and tried to do different things. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit, but the vibe seemed to me like what you would, it was like a resort <laughs> that your friend, that your friends go to so that they can take pictures of themselves yeah. and send back to you while you're in Ohio. Yeah. That's what it was like. It was like, look at me, I'm on a beach in Mexico. Yeah. But you know that like, it's all wired off. Yeah. There's a wall. Yeah, them. there's not even a monkey's getting through <laughs> the, the the fence because yeah. it, it, it's been sanitized to that to that extent. Um, 
at halftime of the game while the team is losing. <laughs> the um, There was a DJ uh, playing constantly, and he was on the big, big screen. Yeah. And, and that's that was... It said they were like, wow, this is not the USA-Mexico game. Yeah. This is not a team that is your rival. The biggest game in the, in your yeah. World Cup qualification. Yeah. And I didn't think about it until you just said that, but like they play the Mexican team an awful lot. Yeah. Um, and it's always kind of like in these different places where they can make money off of yeah. it, like the, the Alamo Dome or someplace yeah. like that. Or the, you know, Texas Stadium Rose or something. Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And and I hadn't thought about that. It's It's really kind of, it, the game has been, it's changed. It's just yeah, and I think the players see it differently too. Yeah, and, and that's, yes. And so I, that's, I think the last one was um, a unique, the one before this one, um, with the players celebrating. I think a lot of that too was the players that were celebrating, Howard and Dempsey. Mm-hmm. Remember they came back out after the game? Yeah, it was great. I was on the field with them. Yeah, that. and what a great moment. Yeah, it was fantastic. But those those guys come from when there was the bad blood, when there was right. it wasn't under one roof. Mm-hmm. Like their their youth was yeah. when it was terrifying to go down to Azteca, mm-hmm. right? It was tough, and it's not terrifying anymore. It's mm-hmm. um, and people think, well, we're we're better. The, the U.S. is better now, and they're not. No, not it's just close. that they're more used to the, Mexico plays. Um, it's been a few years now that they play more games in the United States than they play in Mexico. Oh, that's so crazy. And But they get so a $2 million dollar paycheck, 2 point whatever million, every time they play somewhere here. And, and some probably makes a killing, even though they're giving them that. Sure. I, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. It's. I think it kills it a little bit. It does. And the fans, they might not know it, but they can sense it. You can sense it. And, and I think a lot of them like it. I think that they like the fact that they the scrimmagey kind of feel to the. It's do you know, man? See, that's another word. I like did, if Mexico lost that game. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, no I mean, it was deal. a bigger deal. You know, the United States a lot bigger deal. They lost that game. Sure. But Mexico going into it, what do they got to lose? They played like they had nothing to lose. Yeah, and you know, and I was talking to people before the game, and they asked me like, "Are you going to the game?" I'm like, yeah, and I go, they're like, well, "What do you think is going to happen?" I was like, "We're going to get obliterated." Mexico's going to run us off the field. I, I honestly thought we were going to lose 3 nothing. Yeah. Um, the fact that it was closer, that it was 2-1, to one is... It looked like it was going to get run. Like, yeah. it might be one of those games that, like, went sour really right. quick. And, and I don't think... Well, the player revolt, like, going over to Klinsman, I think. That which, <laughs> which, we don't have to talk about it, but it, it makes me so mad, because just in a leadership role. Yeah. Like, uh, to have your employees, we keep calling them employees, but to have your team come over to you basically demand that you change. Mm-hmm. Well, that tells you they went into the, to yes. the, the approach was bad. So was it was it the tactics, or was it the fact they didn't want to do what he, he told them to do? Yeah, I think it's the latter. Eat your peas. Yep. And, and they, they throw them on the floor, right? Okay, well, here's your ice cream. And, like, you know, <laughs> before anyone, like, you know, who's listening to this thinks that, again, like, this is sour grapes or anything, like, I, you know, a year, year ago, after the, um, after the Gold Cup, um, you know, I was we were we were doing a recording. I think it was over at Rick uh, Gethin's house, and um, you know, and I had said, "It's like I think that it's time for Klinsman to go." Yeah. Because I don't feel that he matches the mindset of the U.S. fan or the U.S. soccer. Yeah. Uh, whatever, and I, I think that the, the the mindset of the U.S. fan is um, 
is that. It's that you don't want to see you don't want to see a change like that happen and see like the actual value of a system of a decision to put like a three man back line against yeah. the Mexico team. Like I think that's a really good idea, yeah. actually. I think to have a, a three man back line against a team that's going to be going forward, 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 um, and you tell those three those guys in the back three to hold your ground. Stay in the center of the pitch and don't let them if you can get them to do that, then you've got a really good chance of, of doing what Klinsman wanted to do, which is control the midfield, the central midfield, which is what he had, why he continually picked who he has been told over and over and over again, and who we've been told over and over and over again is a world-class midfielder in, in Michael Bradley. Yeah. And he's not. Yeah. And you can give, and I think that's the problem, right? It's like, I think, I think Klinsman did have a failure, which is that he... He bought into that nonsense that, that Michael Bradley's a world class player. He, he just isn't. Yeah. And, you know, we can go back to um, the, his horrible mistake in the Portugal game in the World Cup 2014, which is just so dumb. I, 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 there's no other way around it. Like, when he, you just had a chance to win that game, and he's supposedly your captain and your best player, and his, his situational awareness was so poor that he made a turnover in the final seconds of the game yeah. that, that led to a, a directly to a Portugal goal. Um, he was covering the most ground though, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's running. <laughs> Boy, is he running. But, and, and Clemson's playing him out of position. Oh, Forget yeah. the fact that he's, you know, but that's, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to challenge those players. You're supposed yeah. to say, like, you're, you're the best. You go do more because you're the best. We need you to do more. Yeah. Um, that's what soccer is. Soccer is not a... Well, people, people want to... <sighs> Uh, you know, if there's a hole to fill on the team, it's almost like people would prefer that the hole not be filled and that Bradley play, at least in his case, his his more comfortable position. Be comfortable. It's like, okay, so you want this giant hole that, uh, mm -hmm. where there are no U.S. players capable of playing mm -hmm. instead of putting your, your better player there to, to, to make sure that it's covered. Well, you know, Malcolm Gladwell had a really good, he has a good podcast now, uh, Revisionist History is his podcast, and one of the things that he's, I've heard him say this before, and he talks about soccer, he talk, one of the things he talks about soccer is that it's a, it's a weak player sport. In other words, the best, the quality of your team is dependent upon the weakest position on the field, the weakest player. And because of that, that means that your better players need to step up and do more in order to, to to help that weaker, because you know yeah. that your team is going to be weaker because of that weaker. He's absolutely right. That's soccer. Basketball is a different sport. Yeah. Um, most American sports are different sports. Yeah. If you have a great player, you, the, your your weaker players can almost disappear because of because the great player just sucks up all the, you know. Or there's time to, to uh, coach the player, uh, sure. talk, call timeout, or mm -hmm. cut the power of the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that happened a couple years ago. Well, you stop it, you stop the flow, and then you can go talk to the smart people and they tell you what to do. Yeah. But what makes soccer special is that uh, you wind them up in 449 five minutes and they got to be figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And that's where the weak links Themselves. get exposed. And then going back to the crew, <clears throat> with the weakest link, you saw something like that with the, with the crew. It, it's, my experience with MLS, it takes MLS teams uh, a while to get around to figuring out what those weak links are because mm -hmm. I don't think they have the resources to check the film yeah. Scout players. Like, that's why Ethan Finley had such a great year. 
Like there was, you know, Vancouver wasn't watching the tape mm-hmm. in 2015 on right. Ethan Finley. They, mm-hmm. may, they might check the stats and be like, oh, he's having a good year. But they check it in the offseason. Yeah. He's really fast. <laughs> shut down shut down his speed. And what happened? That's what they did. <laughs> and what happens to Ethan Finley? And so uh, he became with the weakest link. And what happened? They ruthless, like, they were ruthless. Yeah. That, to, to the team's credit, the Major League Soccer teams, they, they figured out what the crew was doing. And they absolutely destroyed him. Absolutely. And the crew didn't change. And that Not was, but you. that goes to the weakest link. So yeah. you, you find out where that is and with the players that were making that go. And you find out the easiest way to break it, and they did. Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. At least in that context. And I think, like, you know, we're talking about this too, like uh, the, the level. So, we're t- you know, you had mentioned it earlier about like, um, Bradley and, and Howard and Dempsey and those guys going back to the days when you know, the different eras. It was a blood feud. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and like, you know, you remember like Wallace and Winalda and yeah. Parks and... Well, you, you felt like they were going down there and, and somebody might machete their leg off. Yeah. And they, they were, felt that way too. They were... Um, you could see like the, the electricity. And yeah. The, um, and, I, and I was thinking, you know, I was talking earlier about like what that meant in the league, in MLS, it was similar. We, earlier, we were, I was talking about like how after, um, after watching MLS Cup uh, 2016, um, watching Seattle win, I thought, you know, I'm gonna see if I can find an MLS game from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. It's, if you want to, you can go on uh, the Kick TV YouTube page. And they have classic games. That's amazing. Yeah, you should do this. They have, from what I remember, they had 2006, 2007, 2007, 2008. Let me see. 2006, 2007, 2008. I think they had 2010, 2009. Um, and you can find other games, too, on other different places. You can find the 2000 World uh, MLS Cup. I did it again. Yeah. But I went and I watched. Um, and... You were telling, telling about those players, right? Yeah, the 2006 shooting. MLS Cup was so much better. And it was a 0-0, right? It was a it same. It was 1-1. 1-1, okay. Going into extra time. Yeah. It, just like this. It, it was an extra time game that went through extra time, and then it, it was 0-0, from what I recall, it was 0-0 through the game. It went 1-1 in extra time. And so they were tied, and they went to penalty kicks, just like this. And um, Houston ended up winning in penalty kicks against New England. And the, the electricity... The urgency of that game far outstripped the uh, the last two World uh, MLS Cups. World Champion Seattle Sounders. It, it, it's far but you were saying the quality of it, like the, the, the players. Yeah, was the they played? Was it that they played more as like a group, as a team, or was the, was the quality of the players just good? I think it was all of those things. I think that. If you go back and look at the those New England Revolution teams, uh, Taylor Twellman, um, uh, Michael Parkhurst was on the team, yeah. uh, Clint Dempsey, um, Shari Joseph, uh, Jay Heaps, uh, the, I mean those were really good players, and they, I think they look they're looked at as like they're almost a lesser quality now. 
MLS 1.0, man. Yeah, M- oh, yes, that's <laughs> it, Larry. MLS 1.0, that's the derogatory was better. term. <laughs> and it was. Those, that team was better. Yeah. That, that New England Revolution team would have annihilated either one of the teams that played on Saturday. Um, they would have run them off the park, and their coach was um, uh, uh, Steve, Steve Nichol. Yeah, who's who's there forever? Yeah, yeah who's laughed at still, yeah. and and like they look at him like he's just a one-dimensional coach who just knew how to play Route One soccer. Well, no, yeah. that's not the case. They actually played a, a very good transitional game. Like they could play defense as a, as a unit and then attack. Um, they like Shari Joseph was all over the field. Yeah. Um, and then they were playing this team with Houston, which was really really good, like Brian Ching and Stuart yeah. Holden, um, uh, Brad Davis was just coming up at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was a, that was a really terrific team. And, um, and they, those two teams went back and forth. And, and, and the best player in the field was Dwayne De Rosario. Yeah. I mean, he was, I think we forget about how good he was. Yeah. And, and then again, you know, they went and, and that was uh, Dom Kinnear, who coached yeah. that team, who again, still in the league, but he's still an MLS 1.0 coach. Yeah. And, and, you know, we look at someone like Burhalter. like, if you list, if you were to listen to MLSsoccer.com uh, and all the different podcasts and all the different writers and all that, they would, they would have you convinced that Greg Burhalter is like Pep Guardiola. Yeah. They would, they would have you convinced that, like, Jesse Marsh is, um, is Antonio Conte. Yeah. Like, there's no, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling to me like how these guys are, are held up there as these geniuses because I think that maybe they read a few passages out of or the, out of um, out of Jonathan Wilson's inverting the pyramid yeah. and like you know, they can they have they throw a PowerPoint presentations and have these conversations on on MLS soccer about tactics and things um, that doesn't make them good. Yeah. What makes them good is like can you make your team play like that like that New England and and Houston game in twenty in twenty oh six or twenty oh seven, which I watched, and that game was bad. Yeah, I mean, so the the notion that like the U.S. men's national team of twenty of twenty sixteen has the best talent yeah. that we've had in years is not true. Yeah, I don't. The fact that like the MLS that that we think that falls that, apart when you start. Yeah, the MLS has better talent is just not true. It's I can't. There's Do you think if the players. league is stuck, how many teams were in the league at that time? Was it like fourteen? I think it was fourteen. Do you th- Do you think if they stuck it with a smaller league, maybe they went to eighteen? Do you think the I mean the quality obviously, and they they instead of the cap stopping in the four millions or something, if they have less teams, they increase the cap a little bit, uh, for each team. Do you think the quality would be? Do you think it would still be the same as in two thousand six, or do you think? Because I'm, I happen to think if the league <clears throat> were to stop expanding, I don't think necessarily the quality is going to increase until you increase the cap a significant yeah, amount. Yeah, I agree with that. But you have to pay them more. What's happening is now that it's being spread out, um, and the quality is getting significantly worse, noticeably worse. Mm-hmm. Like if we were to take a time machine. And travel to the future and watch Major League Soccer. Somebody would like, uh, you know, slip it in there on you. Be like, what am I watching? I, I really think there'd be a difference, you know. <laughs> like you turn on the uh, <clears throat> Houston Dynamo game, 
versus uh, the LA Galaxy and be like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. I think it would be noticeable, even though you're watching superstars. I think. Watching David Villa and Pierre Lowe. Oh. Not connecting passes on a on a on a on a field that's in a baseball stadium. It'd yeah. be like that's you know that's or bring your American stars home to Canada. And to me, I think like if you want to see it in game, it's that connecting passes. How many minutes was it before yeah. they connected five passes? And oh my gosh! Didn't they it say was, it was like seventeen minutes or something? Or I, that minutes. would not surprise me, because like you would see these balls going and just like bounding off of. <laughs> off of the ground and off of the yeah. shin and then off of the you know and I mentioned this to you when we were talking before we started recording not the run up um, yeah I, I think that's important <laughs> I, I really think that was telling because I hadn't thought of it too putting the ball at the, the corner of the goalkeeper's box when you're doing the goalkeeper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was watching um, the USA versus Costa Rica which wasn't a good game and yeah, it was bad all around. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I totally believe that. Look, I, I as someone who thought that Klinsman, that there should have been a change made after the cold cut. Yeah, definitely a tournament that's tailor made for your team's win. Yeah, yeah, no more, just end it, you know. But it doesn't make me happy. But again, it it was time. And anyway, so I'm watching this game, and I watch on Fubo TV. And Fubo TV is how I see BN Sports, which is yeah. what which is on. And so one of the great features of Fubo TV is there's a, a column of, of comments, of watch of viewer comments that are constantly there. Now that can be a, a blessing. I think YouTube kind of has that, but they put yeah. it at the bottom, kind of. Yeah. There's like, <laughs> like a lot don't, of things. don't please don't read this. <laughs> yes, you can and you can shut it off if you want. Yeah. You, it, it's you can mute it, and I recommend that to some people because it can be kind of ugly in some cases, but. I watch it because it's it's viewers from all around the world yeah. who are watching this game, and I like that perspective. Well, anyway, there was one one guy, and I, I he was definitely from another country, and he wrote on the he wrote this comment which I'll never forget. He goes, he's like, you know, I don't usually watch. I, this is I, I rarely watch the U.S. national team, um, the USA. He's like, but these players. They take a couple steps back to kick a ball on a pat when they're yeah. receiving a pass. They, they, they take a couple steps back to kick it. It's like you're watching a U12 game. Yeah. And to me, that was so. That just that hit me. Yeah. Like to me, I'm, yes, yes, that's it. For anybody that's kicked a soccer ball, yeah. you know, you realize, you know. Yeah. When you're a remedial. Yeah, you want you, you 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 stutter. You, yeah. you, know, you make it so that there's this thing in front of me. I've I've got to line up to yeah. get it here. And it's coming. It's yeah. coming. How am I gonna kick it right? <laughs> and that's man. That's what they all do. Every single one of them. And when you watch, and so I, over the next few days, as I watched more games, I think the next game that I watched was a was a European friendly. None of the players did that. They could all handle anything that was coming at them at an awkward angle or yeah. pace or. They, they could handle it and they could they could immediately pass it off yeah. and connect that pass. They were thinking before the ball got to them instead yeah. of like... Yes. <laughs> Almost to the fact that it was like... In radio land, you can't see me doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think people got the pinch yeah. of what you were doing. But like, it's true. It is true, true, true. And you can see it for yourself. You don't need... You don't need someone else to tell them. Just go watch a game and you can see how 
the different players in these different leagues, in these different countries, especially the United States, American players, just are not comfortable. And when you're in a, playing in a game where it's at pace, where people are coming at you, and yeah. a team like Costa Rica is on the front foot and they're coming at you, you don't have time to make that error. You, you, you have to get it right. If you well, don't, you, you, you can't afford to be swallowed. thinking about some of the things that should be second nature, right? You can't, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. so if someone's making a... Like if you're when you're watching the Columbus Crew this past year, if, if somebody's making, let's say Will Trapp's making it, switching fields and passes longer <laughs> than twenty yards, right? And it's up in the air. Ugh. Say it's up in the air, uh, twenty feet, and going twenty feet, and you see it coming at Ethan <laughs> Finley at chest level. Yeah. And he's between him and the sideline. He's got three feet. So it's 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 like you hold your breath. Right? It's like, is he going to be able to bring this down? Yeah. And, you know, he goes careening off his foot. And I think Miriam struggles with that kind of stuff, to he be does. honest with you, too. He does. Um, but, but most countries, it's not, you don't think about it. And right. We'll say countries, but a lot of players, uh, that's not something you think about. You know, when you're watching Conti's team, you don't you don't think about a player receiving a pass and, and having to, like... It's magic. <laughs> yeah. They just do it. It's beautiful. Even bad teams do it. Yeah. Like, it's Scotland. Wasn't there the argument here recently uh, about Major League Soccer quality versus Scotland? Who's yes, going over there? Um, it, Somebody was thinking about it. Someone good. Uh, and it really became this awkward conversation about Scottish soccer. Yeah, I can't think of who it was. Was it Kyrie Shelton? I can't remember. But yeah, they, whoever the players. player, I don't think it... Oh no, it was... Um, uh, the Portland guy. The Portland. Oh, <laughs> it's funny Nagby. how Major League Soccer. Nagby. Nagby. Yeah. And he went That's for the right. Champions League game, right? Yeah. He was all excited. And uh, why wouldn't you want him to do that? Like, of course. I mean, like he's. Well, the thing is, is that I mean, it's not like I'm a, a Scottish soccer expert here, but if you watch the league, you can you can say, well, okay, well, these players might not be the most athletic, hmm. top to bottom, but they're smart players and they hmm. can do things with the ball that. What's the is the speed the pace of the game quicker for them MLS? I don't think so. I, I think they get they're trying to do things that they're not maybe capable of doing. Okay. And so in Major League Soccer you don't like Berhalter even for his dogmatic approach, like is always the same. At least he's trying to do something. Sure. And you see that at least that's sort of uh, you know, my layman sort of eyes at looking at Scottish soccer the, the, the players are smarter they're trying to do things that I don't recognize and that I don't see in Major League Soccer hmm. they're making runs they're trying to break down defenses they're 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 getting the ball out wide when the, when it's getting to uh, uh, when they're losing it through the middle and stuff like that and so the, the players are thinking and they're making decisions but hmm. and, and it, it is up and down and exciting hmm. but Major League Soccer can be up and down Oh, sure. And so, it, but it, the difference is the intelligence. And so if, if you were to put the brains of the players of some of these Scottish players who, <laughs> they're not the most athletic, but they're extremely smart, and put them on Josie Altidore, you put them on Michael Bradley, you put them on Ethan Finley, mm -hmm. who's athletic. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have amazing player. Mm. Yeah, like. But I think Nagby needs that. Yeah. He's not an athletic Think faster. Yeah, he, yeah, he needs to think. He needs to think. I think, um, and, uh, and not be wheeled off pitches on wheelchairs <laughs> when he gets hurt. That was odd. 
That was Bring out the wheelchair. Odd moment. Anyway. I think that, and I, I, I want to say, like, too, I don't, I do watch MLS. I pay for the, actually pay for two uh, MLS live accounts because I, you know, I, I like watching all of the games, as many as, as I can, because um, I like soccer. I think, like, the... For me, it, it's frustrating for two reasons. One is because, one, we, there is no transparency. And yeah. like, who are you supporting? Really, honestly, no one knows. Yeah. I, who, are you, who am I supporting when I, when I go and I you give money over to um, yeah. you know, Colorado Rapids? Or yeah. where, where is it going? Is it, and, and when Don Garber tells you, well, you know, he, he wants to have this. It's going to this magical place that I don't have yeah. to tell you about. And so what's the value of that? Like, who are you supporting? Who are you supporting? It's a really important question. The second part of it is, this, if your, the stated goal of, of the league is to help the, the American team grow, American soccer grow, let's go back to 1994 when this whole thing was conceived, is that it's going to help American soccer grow with the end goal of being more competitive in, say, World Cups. Yeah. If that's the whole goal of it, then it's failing. I, I, to me, it's, it is, the problem of having a competition that doesn't matter in the end. Yeah. A competition that that in the end, when you fail, you, there's no consequence to yeah. it. Um, uh, or if you win, there's very little relevance. Right. Oh, that reminds me. So listening to, um, every week I listen to um, James Richardson on the Guardian podcast. Yeah. And if you don't listen to it, you should really listen to it. It's the best soccer podcast in the world. In my, well, one of the best in the world. One of the top five. He uh, and his friends were were talking about uh, the, the results from this weekend. And they mentioned MLS Cup. And just listen to the entry. The entry. All I have to do is listen to the first 35, 40 seconds of that podcast. And how they describe MLS Cup yeah. in the intro. I laughed out loud while I'm driving my car down the road. Because of the way he said it, um, it's it tells you all that you need to know about the way that the world looks at yeah. at MLS Cup, and it's not because they're being Euro snobs; it's because they know what they're looking at. Yeah, it's it's not because they're they have a pretentious attitude towards Americans. Like we're they can't be Euro snobs if they're actually from Europe, right? Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> and, and I don't I didn't laugh at it because I'm, I feel that way. It's because they you see it for what it is. And you don't let people like, constantly tell you that what something is is what it's not. Yeah, it's a cup um, match. Yeah, I haven't listened to it, but I imagine the conversation. Oh, you should! I, 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 I plead with anyone listening to this: just take take a minute out of their day yeah. and find that podcast because it's funny. I think some of the reason I've thought about this, the the critical nature that that I that I that I take with the league when I write about it, because I find it impossible to. To write about it when you don't know where your money's going or what you're writing about, mm-hmm. like what's what yeah. is this? It's impossible for me to get back, get um, to write about something and then not look at the structure or the foundation of why it is what I'm writing about. It right. is like if I'm writing about a player, it, or if we're writing about Parkhurst, we you naturally have to start talking about the structure of the league. Mm-hmm. Well, how the hell did he get down in that lane? Well, there's this draft thing and there's this expansion thing and it becomes not about soccer Mm -hmm. yes and uh so but i anyway the 
the critical tone I think that I have, and I think a lot of people where it comes from is because of that. And there's, it's a natural reaction um, when you have so much marketing behind the league, trying to make it something that it's not instead of looking at it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I thought that there was a time, and maybe it was in 2006 to 2010 or so, there was a time when the league was, <clears throat> it stepped back and then it started growing again. And <clears throat> when I got interested in writing about it, because um, Don Garber was even talking about, yeah, promotion and relegation, this is something we've looked at. It's a good competitive format. He talked about it in 2010, mm -hmm. 2011, like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's before the expansion dollars started coming in more. Yeah. But um, he talked in that, that matter, and that the quality did seem to be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it, I was writing some high because the crew won. I didn't care less. Yeah. I mean, it was neat. But um, something changed, and um, they, they turned into, uh, they went full something else. Mm -hmm. they, went, they went the opposite direction of what soccer is. And so whenever you talk about it, it's hard not to get frustrated. In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an hour and a half, two-hour podcast, <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, anybody that tries to do it, I recommend anybody that listens to podcasts, try it. To talk about Major League Soccer for, for, for two hours, or talk an hour and then record for an hour, or whatever you want to do. And it's impossible not to talk about the structure. Even the no. pro-positive, mm -hmm. ultimately, where do they wind up? Mm -hmm. it's, it's talking about the, the weird, they won't call it weird, but it becomes a structure thing. A unique structure. Yeah. There was a, it's almost like it's kind of like a microcosm of that. I was listening to... Um, you know, I mentioned that I listened to a lot of the Toronto podcasts this week. But I just kind of wanted to hear what they had to say about the... Did it matter to them? And, you know, like I said, it, it hurt some of them. Um, but there were others who had kind of interesting takes. And, and so along the conversation um, of one of the podcasts that I listened to, they, they started talking about, like, different structure, right? Structure of the league and, and how different things fit into it. And uh, as an example, they started talking about um, the old uh, the old pound kick format mm -hmm. the 35 yard thing 35 yard run up right. with, the, with the clock and all that yeah, stuff they start yeah. talking where about keepers it. might die or <laughs> <laughs> just like run at each other yeah or a guy might break his leg you know? yeah who cares you know it's exciting but and they were talking about it and you know I can't think of a, of a single thing that was good about it other than the fact that it was different Right. It was just yeah, and quirky. Yeah, there might be a few concussion in there or something. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it fell but you, you can still have seen some of those on, online. Anyway, I, I didn't think it was great at the time. I thought it was kind of a joke. Yeah. And I still do. And But, however, in one of those podcasts, one of the, uh, the more prominent writers of, of Major League Soccer uh, started complaining and started saying that Maybe if that had been thought of in a European country, people wouldn't think of it the same way. Oh, now, to me, that is just, that is the essence of what we're looking at. Like, that didn't happen in another country. Yeah. Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And like, the, if it had... It wouldn't be. I almost said to myself, if it had been thought of it. No, it, it would not have been thought of in another yeah. country. 
the reason why I was thought of here was because of we have this weird mentality of like, how do we make it more exciting? Yeah, every moment's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, how do we make it more entertaining? How do we make it less like soccer? Yeah. And and so what we end up with is a shootout to end MLS Cup, which yeah. I'm totally fine with because that's how you end World Cups. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. You'd be okay with it because that's what soccer is. Yeah. You don't need to change it just because it does, wasn't as entertaining. And, like, and it, the unique thing about soccer and what makes it popular... Unfortunately, I guess a lot of people think that the re- the rest of the world is one big continent of Europe, right? Right. And soccer's played in many different cultures, right. uh, but it's played the same way, and except for here, and it's um, it's an interesting way. It's the exceptionalism thing. I don't like talking about. That, I think but, it's some of that. But um, yeah, to think that the the that thirty five yard run up thing. Would be okay in Europe. Well, another example. But I can't believe they would talk about it like it was. I remember there was uh, you. You can watch a YouTube video of that stuff, and it's it's fun. It's funny, kind of. It's yeah. fun. It's like look at these idiots. Yeah, but imagine <laughs> that be, deciding a match. Uh, <laughs> I saw myself. I mean, <laughs> I saw it in person. I was like, well, what am I watching? Yeah. But like the another example is, and maybe this is a more pertinent example you know we are right now in um, kind of in the middle of a well I get right now the Club World Cup's being played and after this is over the uh, early on next year there's going to be the next round of the CONCACAF Champions League Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we constantly hear it it bubbles up every now and then uh, but it's it's repetitive it happens every year is that uh, MLS will complain that the league, the MLS season doesn't match up with yeah. the CONCACAF Champions League system season. Even though the only season that doesn't match up with CCL season is MLS. Yeah. So you're what what the way that the argument is presented is the other argument the other seasons don't match with our season. Like the the arrogance in that. Yeah. Like we were saying the exceptionalism of that. Like. What, it, what you should be saying is like our season doesn't match up with the rest of those seasons. Yeah. And so if we want to be able to compete on this, where like say the Seattle Sounders who won MLS Cup or yeah. Toronto FC or uh, or FC Dallas can finally win against some of these Mexican teams who they're going to be competing against, then maybe we should change that. Yeah. And get back to look, I know you're a proponent of the winter schedule. Yeah. The and schedule. again, going back to 2011. 2010. Yeah. Don Garber one, talked about it. One of the things we, they talked about. Yeah. And, but see, like it's like if we talk about these things... If now we talk about them and you're crucified yeah. as your outsider. Yeah. Right. When the league was talking about it. You're anti-MLS. Yeah. Well, Anti-MLS. where did we get it? We got it from the league. And yeah. everything. Yeah, so. And they're good ideas. Um, <clears throat> but if they line it back up and they... Um, uh, it, it also helped someone like the Sounders become a brand outside of the United States and that sort of thing. It's, anyway. It would be good in the long run. Yeah. It would be very good to have... You know, it would be good to have the Seattle Sounders be a... a um, there hasn't been a dynasty in MLS. <coughs> I mean, yeah. I'd say that DC United early on was dominant. But you remember at the time, you know, when we're in the half a percent of people that can talk about this, mm-hmm. it, it was hated. Oh, yeah. 
It was hate. The league hated it. Yeah. And then you had fans in the news talking about, well, Major League Soccer, they can't have DC winning all these games. Yeah. It's bad team, for the league. One team dominating everything. Though. Yeah. I, that was great. <laughs> you have a dominating team, and you try to fight them every year. Yeah. And you beat them. Maybe if once they open up Buzzard, Buzzard Point. Yeah, in a day now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll come back. All right. Yeah, we're on two hours. That's what we're going to call it. Any but final words? No, I hope we get to do this more often. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's not a, a big download, yeah. Big download. Maybe we can cut this into two. I might do that. It wouldn't be that. too bad. Then we'll have like a cruise section in the <laughs> US Men's National Team. We'll cut out the early uh, California talk. California talk. Alright, no, it's been real. Thank you for doing the show. You bet. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the mint tea. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, but that's my thing. I like it. Okay. Fresh, clean mint tea. Good mint tea on the snow city. It's a good stuff. Probably doesn't happen.